that beeps tells you you're in the team car and you are listening to uh, podcast 110 in the Fendering Cast series. Uh, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our post uh, Vuelta Midworlds uh, show. Um, thanks for sticking with us over the past 109 episodes. We hope the 110th is up to the standard that you uh, that you require um, and that you'll enjoy it. So. Um, Without further ado, let's press on. Um, there has been quite a bit of uh, drama and excitement uh, in the world of cycling since we since we last conversed, we last spoke. Of course, the fallout from uh, Aqua Blue uh, Sport continues, and their marketing department um, has to be uh, has to be commended on uh, its sense of humour in terms of. Uh, the fact they listed their eBay-style used Sport website um, not long after the news that the uh, the main protein was folding, so um, I'm sure it wasn't a deliberate uh, attempt at comedy, but it was um, it was certainly viewed as such. And uh, whether the team's bikes made it onto that website, we won't know. Um, in terms of their riders, two or three of them are starting to get picked up by other squads. Um, so it will be interesting to see at the end of the winter why, how that works. And um, I know we get this stat quite a lot, actually. Um, people tell us reasonably, regularly every year, that if you took all of the riders that were out of contract or had lost their pro contract every, you know, every winter and built them together, you would have the ninth best ranked team in the world or some, you know, um, some similar um, type of... Uh, of, of, uh, of squad so um, we'll keep an eye on them we'll see who they are and, and how they shape up and see how they're uh, see whether they, they do get together uh, the British scene continues to, to compact I think last time we talked about the possible demise of JLT um, that's been confirmed as a, as a team that's folding I don't think that, that you can have any um, issue with John Herity um, he's kept that team going for years and years and years and years and years. So, um, you know, fair play to him. And if if it is the end, then that's, you know, fair. That's a fair point. And, and, and you know, along with Keith, the likes of Keith Lambert from Banana and all of that kind of stuff, these are people that have kept the UK scene going. And it's interesting that I was reading a forum debate about this and people saying that the British scene... Um, you know, has never been that buoyant or... But, you know, there's been periods where it's been relatively successful. You had, like, the Halfords team going against uh, when Rafa was Rafa Condor and, uh, and and all of that kind of... So, so, and you look back to Banana and Ever Ready. So there have been periods where the British pro scene has been kind of buoyant. That's all been based around when city centre criteriums have been popular and, you know, and and successful. And I think that... That the tour series started with a boom. Um, it doesn't feel like you know. It doesn't feel like it's it's ending with a boom. It doesn't feel like a really big and popular series anymore. And I don't know quite why that is. I mean, we can talk about local um, editions of it um, to, to you know around this part of the world, the Fens and so on. And of course, Peterborough had it a couple of times and. There was pretty good events. They made a real good job of it. They had a corporate race for, you know, employees of local businesses in the in the afternoon. Um, they also had um, uh, like a race for local clubs that was done as, as 
a kind of flying lap time trial so you know they did everything that, that they could they just I, I assume like anything couldn't make the ends meet couldn't make the profitability work and the council you know chose not to have it you've seen rounds in places like Durham and Redditch that that have, have lasted the, the you know the, the the test of time but I don't I don't generally feel that um it's it's a series that that continues to capture the imagination and whether they could do with a freshen up of the format uh of of the of the venues of the racing or whether it is simply the case now that that they can't they can't generate enough revenue or, or TV from it. Maybe the, the success of Sky and the Grand Tours have meant that people will turn on their TV to watch cycling, but it has to be a three-week tour, like the Giro or the Vuelta or the Tour de France. They're not necessarily as interested in an hour-long crit round Peterborough. And if that's the case, then and, and that was the main vehicle for advertising or the main vehicle for selling sponsorship for the... Um, for the domestic uh, GB teams, then then you know that that's that's an unfortunate an unfortunate fact of life. Um, those teams as well, they 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 work hard for, for fairly you know meager meager reward I think, and with the way that the cycling league structure works now. The, the years ago they would have had a chance to you know to, to maybe bloody team Sky's nose because as one of their home races Sky might have been tempted to throw a team in the you know the Rutland Melton Cycle Classic or something but the rules are such now that, that these teams can't actually um, participate in these races that are too far down from the World Tour and I don't know it just seems like a strange way of um uh, of, of trying to, you know, make the sport successful and popular by restricting teams racing against each other, and there would have been a bit of interest. You know, we used to have a local team in so far as the the Knights of Old uh, squad that Tony Gibb rode for, and 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 it was great to think of them as the the local the local t- side from you know Northamptonshire, not too far away. How they were going to deal with you know in, in some of the bigger races, but. The way that the calendar, the way that racing is is structured, really, they only had the um, the Smithfield Nocturne where they they could potentially ride against a cab or a, or a team Sky. Um, also, as well, now that British riders are a popular commodity in uh, the World Tour, uh, for example, you see the situation where anyone who's any good will, will get picked up. You look at Hugh Carthy; he maybe could have. You know, he went to Caja Rural and then on to Cannondale, but you know, he could have could have been a rider that, that that might have helped boost the domestic scene. James Shaw, a local rider over at Lotto, Sudal, the same sort of thing. And now, because British riders are trendy, because they're successful, because they represent a good chance of winning races or getting UCI points or whatever your objective in that is, that the you know the sport views them as as you know getting them as soon as possible as cheap as possible or getting them and tying them to a long contract type thing and and that means that they the the talent pool for the domestic teams is is you know confined to and, and Adam Blythe for example who'd fell out the one tour uh, the world tour and got back 
via Aqua Blue Sport, of course, um, and got back up the ladder through dropping down to ride, uh, you know, for a domestic team, or that that, that quality of up and coming rider is is the second tier because the best riders have been creamed off and, and are off to to Europe, and and I suppose that's fine, um, but we you know we clearly don't have a, a proper structure or a proper pro tier now for for riders to go into the with one pro and jlt disappearing it is not a, a you know a good indictment when we're at the top of the sport elsewhere in europe so it's an interesting debate i think it's one that we've come through before and what we've said that we'd return to and we've returned to and i think we'll return to it again and, and again and again and again maybe because we need to in our mind we need to uh, to have a plan for for British cycling and and whether there is a you know a, a British pro cycling um, domestic domestic calendar I suppose um, the races will still be there they'll still probably be you know populated by first cats and, and elites and stuff but is that is is there a need for a pro tier and there's a number of sports you know in certain areas and certain elements of rugby the pro tier is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Um, rugby is another good example where the best of the best of the best at the top level are enticed by you know the fact there's no salary cap in France and players can move over there. So it's not just cycling that's got got issues with you know a dwindling level of uh, of professional riders. But if that professional pool gets smaller and smaller, where's the incentive then for the kid who's you know picking up his bike? To, uh, to to and, and going out to think, yeah, that's what I'm aspiring to. Um, I suppose we could do a whole debate on whether Team Sky is good for British cycling or have Team Sky killed British cycling. Sure, Dave Browsford would love that. Um, elsewhere, of course, we've uh, we've seen the end of uh, of Love Welter and uh, clarionista Simon Yates hanging on to take that to take that win. He remains a favourite in some ways for the Worlds that are coming up um, at the weekend uh, the men's elite of course um, we watched a bit of the team time trials on Sunday which were the last ones as, as trade teams which is a shame really because it's it's a pretty decent technological uh, showcase I've heard quite a lot of people saying it's rubbish and it needs to go I've seen quite a lot of people saying it's brilliant and they need to keep it I've also seen that you know people saying no it needs to be national teams which obviously would be more difficult because if you had national teams and professional riders you would have you know um, let's say that the British team had Cav, Geraint, uh, Chris Froome and Hugh Carthy and it was just a four up you'd have two on a Pinarello one on a uh, Cervelo and one on a Cannondale which obviously brings its own challenges for mechanics and set up and, and all of the things that go with that so I can see why they did it as trade teams because it avoids controversy from, from bike builders who are investing a lot of time money and effort into uh, getting machines for the team time trial um, but by that very same uh, by that very same token um there needs to be a, a, a solution really in terms of uh, in terms of it going going forward and if it could maybe it's an amateur event for national federations and most national federations have a have a bike deal gb has obviously the Cervelo deal um whether then that can still happen but then would there 
be a scrabbling for bike manufacturers to, to, to get a national federation on site. So for me, if it was going to stay, trade teams was the right way to do it. Um, and while sometimes they're not actually that exciting to uh, to watch in, in their entirety, and the, the women's race wasn't super duper exciting, um, I did some ironing during it, but you know, you've still got that pretty impressive sight of a full team of you know equally clad out riders. Although Canyon Shram had those funky sock disc wheel combinations, which I quite liked, um, and it and it looks great and it looks uniform and and you know it, it's it's aesthetically very pleasing. Whether it's aesthetically very pleasing for an hour or so is another is another matter. Having said that, the women's finish looked like it was going to be exciting when at one k to go the 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 graphic on the screen claimed that Sunweb had closed about a forty second gap to only be five seconds behind Canyon Shram. As it happened, that wasn't. They quickly took that clock off the screen once Carlton Kirby had got to, you know, DEFCON 5 um, and his excitement. Uh, in terms of the the road races, because unfortunately, like them all, they're the blue ribbon divan uh, events of the uh, the world. Uh, the women's road race, uh, I think Annemiek van Vluten is going to be quite difficult to beat. Um, I've listened to a whole host of, uh, of pods uh, on my commute this week which all seem to think that, that the Dutch are going to have to do something pretty stupid not to win the women's race because of their strength in depth um, you know and if it plays out like it did last year there will be you know Dutch riders attacking and the rest having to chase um, until there's just Dutch riders left really um, so that will be interesting to, uh, to to see if you know and Chantal Black you know managed to, to be the Dutch rider that the, the rest of the field gave up on chasing last year. Whether whether that's how it works and they fight it out amongst themselves, it could be like Mappe in the Roubaix Velodrome. Could be um, the men's races. Everyone seems to have uh, already nailed Julian Alaphilippe on as the world champion. I think that's a pretty good. It's a pretty good shout because he's he's quite you know he's he's, he's a good shout. He, he could well be the champion. Um, having said all of that, having said all of that, I just wonder if he's almost you know too clear a favourite and he could get marked out. Uh, in which case, if that's the case, and the French have got another card to play, that could well be Roman Bardet, and um, who could save his season. Um, bit dramatic but could save his season with uh, with a win in the Worlds. You know, elsewhere, Nibali was pretty quiet in the Giros, talking his chances down. That's usually a good indicator that he'll win. Um, then you look at into the likes of Valverde, who's got a good finish. Um, and then you're kind of, you're sort of drifting into the, the second tier of favourites, the Simon Yates, the Adam Yates, um, Dan Martin, if we're talking English-speaking riders. Um... Michael Matthews isn't there so the Aussies will probably be all in for Richie Port um, and I suppose it's not a stage race so we might have a better chance uh, so there's a lot there's a lot that could go on and then you're not even talking about the thrice consecutive world champion Peter Sagan who may kind of started to show a bit of form towards the end of the Vuelta in the sprints but is the climb too hard for him is he you know is he likely to uh to, to, to get dropped on the, on the climb, or, or you know, are they at some point they're going to gang up on him and make sure that that he doesn't win? And this this could well be the year because it's a course that's that's fairly unfavourable towards him. So 
with that in mind, there's a good chance that, that the other favourites can, can maybe look to try and work and eliminate him. Um, and uh, you know, if, if he shows any signs of weakness, I think that will be that will be worked pretty hard. Um, kind of outsider-wise, you've got uh, Greg Van Avermaet, who it's obviously hillier than a Flanders or what have you, but you know he's shown that those those medium mountain Tour de France stages are, you know, he can be a factor um, in those. So you wouldn't shouldn't rule him out for those kind of events. I've heard about Mollerman mentioned. Um, he's a good shout. Depends how much Dumoulin puts in to the time trial or whether he's on a downward curve after, you know, riding two Grand Tours earlier in the season. So there are a few names to, uh, to throw out there. Um, it's the World Championships as well, so someone could come, you know, from absolutely nowhere. I think it was a reasonable a surprise when Kwiatowski won uh, in Ponferrada. So there's a whole, a whole story, a whole... Uh, you know, a whole story to play out on on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. Actually, sometimes the world is a bit of a blur at the end of the season, but but this world has got a different course, new variety, a whole different you know set of uh, of, of variables to work on. So I hope and uh, I think it will be a really really good championship. Um, we've not got a lot really of local news to uh, to share and uh, and impart on you at the moment we're um we're kind of getting to the end of that area that domestic area of the season cyclocross has started which we're of course always quite excited about um and in terms of like the top tier the top level of cyclocross we've had the uh, the bitter controversial divorce between uh uh, I don't like calling them sniper cycling, so we'll call them Verandas Willems and um, Wout Van Aert, the world cyclocross champion and runner-up in Strada Bianchi or third place in Strada Bianchi, and you know factor in the Tour of Flanders. Yeah, clearly, the most marketable man on uh, on the Verandas Willems team. Um, I think a, potentially a bit of a headache for them to know what to do with him because he's trying to kind of almost learn the road, but he's he's got you know I think he's looking for another winter of cross. Well, he is. Um, and I think the whole Aqua Blue merger, not merger, and then merger with uh, Roompot has put his nose out of joint. Maybe it's fair to say a little bit. And bizarrely, one day after he was posing in his uh, Verandas Villains Crellen Charles kit with his new Stephen Cyclocross bike for the winter, um, the next sort of day or so after, he announced that, that he'd terminated his contract with the team. Um, they didn't seem too happy he's found some sort of loophole or clause or well he hasn't his lawyers have and uh, he's riding as an independent um, didn't win the first round of the uh, UCI Soclo Cross Cup of course um, Tunet won that with a brilliant little tail whip towards the finish very nice very BMXy. Um, so yeah interesting times and difficult to know really what what the plan is for uh, for Venet going forward and I think we've got a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions that certainly a lot of questions for him to answer um, and it'll be interesting to see on January the 1st whether he does rock up at Lotto Yumbo as, uh, as predicted but, but a year earlier than his contract dictated um, we'll keep an eye on that uh, okay so yeah that's all for 1110 in the bag uh, in the can 
thank you very much for listening to the show. Thank you very much for uh, the shares, for the, the tweets, the comments, all of those kind of things. Keep all that positivity going, if you would. Um, and we'll be back again in a couple of weeks to uh, round up what's happened at the Worlds as we go into the end of the season classic. So uh, take care, speak soon, and uh, enjoy your riding. <laughs>